Lent, a season of reflection, re-evaluation, new beginnings, a time to recognize God's grace in our lives, to find ways to let that realization sink in and take root, drawing closer to God as we are changed by His love. In this season, we should give, give of ourselves, our time, money, possessions. Giving helps us to see better the needs of those around us. It brings to light those things that may have too high a priority in our lives. It helps us to separate what we need from what we want, stripping away the things that keep us separated from one another and God. We should fast. It helps us to be reminded of the need for God to fill us, whether food or social media, your phone or computer. Fasting allows us to physically feel the ongoing spiritual needs of the soul. It helps us to see the truth that only God can truly satisfy. We should pray. It slows us down, focuses us on God. It enables us to be pulled away from our grip on the world and everything we think it can give us and moves us closer to seeing God in the midst of it all. God is inviting us into this holy season, wanting us to be free from all the obstacles that keep us from His fullness. May we allow ourselves to be stripped down and cleansed so that we may come to understand more powerfully the love of God and be made new in His righteousness and alive in His grace. So we've gathered here tonight. I'm going to make a request of you. I'm going to ask you to release all your expectations tonight. What you think this is or what your experience has been in the past, just set that aside. Because I believe if this is a very old, old tradition. In fact, we can even find it back at the time of the Nicene Creed. Lent was talked about. And the Greek word used at that time literally means the 40, the 40. And the church traditionally practiced and based upon, of course, Jesus' 40 days of fasting and the temptation that he went through. Moses spent 40 days fasting on Mount Sinai. Elijah fasted for 40 days on his way to meet God at Horeb. And, and so on and on it goes. And so 40 is an interesting number. And so we say, well, wait a minute. You said 40 days till Easter. There's more than 40 days. Well, this is the good news, especially if you're going to be fasting during this time. Every Sunday is a feast day. <laughs> that good news, isn't it? That's right. And I was, uh, I was uh, talking to, to uh, Taylor this morning, and as many of you know, Taylor is incarcerated right now, and I found out he's going to get out the day after Easter. And so I told him on the phone today, well, that means you have 47 more days. He goes, how do you know that? I said, it's easy. This is Ash Wednesday, six feast days, and you're getting the day after, 47 days. I said, but the better news is, what are you going to do? What are you going to do during these 47 days? And so I'm encouraging you today. We're going to make some suggestions to you during this time, how to get the most out of these 40 days. I'm telling you, I'm pumped. I am looking forward to this. Last year was so meaningful to me, and God spoke some things into my life. And this year, I, I just, I'm, I have a, 
as Susan, Susan here tonight, Susan Schultz, I don't see her, still a word she spoke not long ago was we need to live in expectation, but don't define it. Man, I wrote that down. And that has been very important to me because we have a tendency we want to define our expectation and then what happens? Unfulfilled expectations and disappointment. I'm not doing that anymore. I'm just going to live in expectation. I'm going to let God define it, all right? It's just the way I'm going to live. And this is a good season for that. And as we talk about fasting, and I wrote an article in the Messenger, you'll see Sunday, the focus is not just on what you're giving up, but what you're going to put in its place. That's what's going to be most important to us. And so I want to just share with you as we prepare, we've got some things we're going to do at the end of the service. This will be a short service because what's going to happen afterwards is what's going to be important. And again, I want to make sure that everyone get a journal. And if you already had a journal and you said, I don't need that, you need to at least get what's inside the journal. So make sure. And does everybody have a pen? Um, we have pens out in the hallway. If you don't have a pen, Ray and Char will help you with that. But if you have one, you're all set. Well, we're going to... This evening, just real briefly, we're going to talk about the seven streams of Lent as you prepare for these next 40 days and what, you, what God is going to be ministering to us. And I want to talk about seven words. Seven, and you can even take your journal out. This could be your first entry if you want, as, because you're, this is going to be part of our journey to be able to write down what the Lord is saying to us. And here's the cool part. You are probably already knew it. All these words are going to begin with R, Okay. Seven words that begin with R. The first one may be obvious. Repent. Repent. We've talked about repentance lately, and it's a big topic in Scripture, isn't it? We're told often to repent. It means to change your mind. It means to turn around, to go in a different direction. During this 40 days, one question, and I've already asked it of myself, what do I need to repent of? Romans 2, 4, and this is important because when we hear the word repent, we think negative thoughts. And we think, oh, this is going to be a beat down time. But Paul said this about repentance. In verse 4, he said, don't you see how wonderfully kind and tolerant and patient God is with you? Does this mean nothing to you? Can't you see that his kindness is intended to lead you to repentance? It is God's heart for us, but it's not a smackdown. God is cheering us on, and he wants us. And during this time, he may speak some things to you and reveal some things to you and say, listen, there's some things you need to change, and, and I want to help you do that. I'm not here to, to bash you. I'm, here, I'm not here to point my finger at you. I'm here to lift you up. In Revelations 2.5, in the New International Version, we know this church Jesus was speaking to the church. Consider, he said, how far you have fallen. Repent. Repent. And do the things you did at first. Who here tonight, I don't think I'm the only one, have you ever had a tendency to drift? And the things you used to do, you've drifted from it. This is a season to repent. God is either calling people to him or he's calling people back to him. And that's what this season is. And, it, and, and God has some wonderful things. We're going to see what, uh, of course, David prayed in Psalms 51. Wow, that was incredible how he drifted. And yet God brought him back. You ready for the second word? 
reflect. We're going to have times of repentance, but we're going to have time to reflect. When I think of this word, I think of how many times in the scripture are we, are we exhorted to meditate? Actually, 23 times to be exact. 23 times we're, we're asked to meditate. What does that mean? It, it's like a cow chewing his cud. It is to take something and to just over and over, just let it churn inside of us and to spend time thinking about it. Not a quick thing that we just bounce off of and know it's something that stays with us. And, and, and I also think this is where I want you to consider the thought of journaling. I want you to reflect during this season and write down what God says to you. You say, well, God doesn't speak to me. Oh, yes, he does. And he will during this season. Luke 2.19. I love the scripture where Mary receives the revelation of the Messiah coming. And she has been chosen to be the mother. And the scripture says, I don't know what translation you have, but Mary kept all these things in her heart. Some of you say she pondered them. The NLT says she thought about them every day. I think that's what God's wanting us to do, don't you? Psalms 1, it's not on the screen, but Psalms 1, 2 says that we are to be, uh, we're to be like a tree planted by rivers of water. Who are we? Those who meditate on the law day and night. Joshua 1, 8, same thing, right? Hey, listen, Joshua, you need to be careful to keep the law and keep it, everything that's been written in it and meditate on it. Day and night. They're telling you, reflect, reflect, reflect. Constant. What do you spend your time reflecting on and, and thinking about? It's powerful, isn't it? Habakkuk 2, 1 through 2. I love this. You know, he's, Habakkuk's a brave guy. He's kind of complaining to God. You ever done that? God, I don't understand. I don't understand why the wicked prosper. I don't understand. Why, why are you letting this happen to the children of Israel? And God's going to tell him, you know, and, but... Habakkuk did something I want you to do. He positioned himself. In chapter 2, verse 1 says, And I will climb up on the watchtower, and I will stand at the guard post, and there I will wait to see what the Lord says and how he will answer me. Have you ever asked God a question and didn't stick around to hear the answer? You say, pray amen, and we're gone. God says, wait a minute, I thought you wanted me to talk to you, and where are you going? The Lord responded to him and said, write my answer down plainly on tablets so that the runner who carries this message, others will be able to read it. So write it down. You know who the others are? I was reading something Steve gave to me to read. And sorry, Steve, it's taken me so long to get through it. But he has a, some things that God has put in his heart and he wrote a cover page to his children. And I read it, and it made me weep. I thought, what dad leaves something like this for the kids to read? They might read that when he's gone, because he wrote it down. So write it down. I know you think you won't forget it, but you will. Write it down. All right, here's the third word. Repent, reflect, remove. Remove. We talk, we're going to talk a lot about fasting, and in your book, you'll see some in your... Journal, there's some practical ways that you can remove and fast. or some things you're going to set aside. Creative fasting, it's called. You can look at it. You can be even more creative than this. You know, everybody's got their way to do it, but God will show you what to do. What are some things you want to do? And he, and he, he wants you to, 
to remove things, obstacles, especially in your life. Do you have any? What's, what's, what's blocking your way right now? God's wanting you maybe to pause for a moment, repent, reflect, and remove. In Romans 13, 14, the New King James Version, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lust. Now, I want you to be real honest about this because I, I asked God about this, and if you ask this question, he's going to answer I said, God, where am I making provision for the flesh? And by God, he told me. And I didn't like some of the things I heard. But I'm committing during this season, I'm going to remove those things. I'm getting them out of the way. I don't want them to be in my way. Matthew 16, 24, New International Version. Jesus said to his disciples, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny himself and take up their cross and follow me. That's what fasting really is. And, it's not, it's not just, and I don't care how you do it. It's just I have, I'm amazed how much time I spend eating and preparing food and eat well. Sorry, honey. But <laughs> she said, what do you mean? <laughs> it's me. I do. Yeah, but all the time we spend. And, and, and I'm not talking about just, oh, I'm going to fast so I can lose weight. You for, no, you judge some that. I'm fasting to spend time with God. And I want to hear his voice. And you'll be amazed if you will consider this. Let God lead you. And it doesn't have to be food. It can be something else. Here's the fourth word. Rely. Rely. So we're, we're going to repent, we're going to reflect, we're going to remove things that are in our way, and we're going to learn to rely. We're going to rely on God. We're going to stop trusting our own abilities and strength. I've got another word for this. It doesn't begin with R, so I'll give it surrender. This is a season when you can really surrender to God. I want, to, I want you to entertain this. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, we all know this scripture, right? Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean on your own understanding. I like the way the NLT says it. Don't depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do. And he will show you which path to take. But he needs you to rely on him. John 3.30. He must become, he, John the Baptist said, Jesus must become greater and greater and I must become less and less. That's what I, I think that can happen during this season. And the bottom line is trust. Who needs to trust more? This is your time. Ask God to help you enter into a deeper place of trust than you've ever been. And that leads us to number five. Rest. Rest. Matthew eleven twenty eight. 28, we know it. Jesus said, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden. I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart and you will find rest for your souls. Some of your souls need some rest. Your mind, your will, your emotions. Some of you are so stressed out right now, you're tighter than a top. This is your season. God wants to untwist that in your life and bring rest. For his yoke is, e is easy and his burden is light. Hebrews 4.9. So there is a special rest still waiting for the people of God. For all who have entered into God's rest have rested from their labors. Just as God did after creating the world. And Psalms 127 echoed the same thing. It is useless for you to work so hard. From early morning until late at night. Anxiously working for food to eat. But it is God who will give you rest. What's he saying? We labor and labor and labor and we toil and we toil and we toil. And God's saying, I have another place for you. 
Now, I know some of you think, oh, good, I don't have to go to work anymore. That's wonderful news. And no, that's not what he's saying. You will go to work, but you will enter into rest. You will not be anxious and laboring and toiling. I think God wants you to trust him. And that's the bottom line, isn't it? Everything hinges on it. Do I trust him? Here's the sixth word. Release. Release. This is a part of Lent that I think is most intriguing. I think it has to do with giving. This is a season where God may lead you into a place of giving that you've never known before. Say, oh, he's going to take an offering. No, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about a lifestyle of generosity, even outside of this church. In 2 Corinthians 8, 3 through 4, the NIV says it this way, For I testify that they gave as much as they were able, and even beyond their ability, entirely on their own. Does that remind you of a scripture in Corinthians? Don't give out of compulsion or no. It's on their own. It's their heart. They gave and 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 then I love this part. And they urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in this service to the Lord's people. They were talking about an offering to Jerusalem. That's what it was. Because people were hungry. Oh, please, please let us give. I haven't experienced that lately. So they, oh, please, please. Luke 2, 4, NIV. All these people gave their gifts out of their wealth. Jesus was watching at the temple. But there was this woman. And in her poverty, though we know her as the widow with the little mite out of her poverty, she gave all she had to live on. I have another part of this I want you to consider. Giving is definitely part of it. And let your family get involved with this. Don't do Lent by yourself. Get your kids together. Get your grandkids. My grandkids are all into this, man. They're, they're out in front of me. You know, they're wanting, talking about it. I said, well, what can we give during this Lenten season? Maybe even beyond our ability. God, could you give me, make me a supernatural giver during Lent? Help me know what that might look like. But there's something else, I think, that comes along with it. And that is you do you have other things you see you can't release because you're you're afraid and God again wants you to trust him he wants you to be able to release all to him what other things in your life do you need to release right now that you're hanging on to for whatever reason you're hanging on to him. God's wanting you to release it in our elders meeting Tuesday night Ray Green gave an incredible devotion and it's I wrote down three words he, he, talked about, he talked about some lies that we believe. Three, three lies. He's, he's, here's the three lies. I am what I have. I am what I do. I am what other people say I am. Three lies. And at the end, he talked about, and this, I think this really fits into the Lenten season, the need and the discipline for silence, stillness, and solitude. That's what we can find during this Lenten season, but will require you to release because anxiety wants you to hang on. But during Lent, I think God's going to maybe break your grip on some things. And here's the last word, and it will always end up here. If you'll follow these streams and drink from these streams, the last word you will experience, rejoice. Rejoice. See, a lot of people, when they think of Lent, they think, oh, there's this dark time. And people sometimes think, but it's not. It's a joyous time. It is a reminder that I am dust. And I will return to the ground where I came from, right? I've done too many funerals lately. I've got another funeral Friday I'm doing for dear friends of ours that we've known for a long time. My daughter's named after their children. And we're going we're gonna to say farewell to somebody we love. And it just keeps coming. I'm, it's just a reminder to me this life is brief and it's very short. And Lynn is a good time to think about that 
the ashes the from earth to earth ashes that we hear those words but it's true aren't and mark talked about it sunday but the bottom line is that i believe during this season we should live this and do this with with rejoicing we shouldn't walk around going oh i'm fast i have a hard time personally i mean i I'm careful to say, you know, I know there's traditions where they mark you and you go out in public, everybody knows. Yeah, I, I, that's okay, that's okay. I'm more concerned though. Uh, I, I don't want people to look at me and go, oh, that guy, he's fasting, you know. Oh, yeah, oh, it's hard, I've given up pop. Oh my gosh, coffee, caffeine. I'm going to be a little grumpy, okay, all right. Is that what we want? No. I don't think anybody should be able to tell because we're going to be full of joy. Philippians 4, 4, always be full of joy in the Lord. Again, rejoice. 1 Thessalonians 5.16, we all know it. I like it from the NLT. Always be joyful, never stop praying. Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. And Nehemiah 8.10, we know the story as the, the children of Israel are hearing the word. It's come back. They're all excited. And they're, having a, they're, they're, going to, they're going to celebrate and they're having a feast. It uh, doesn't sound like fasting, does it? No, no. See, this is what you're going to get to do. Every Sunday is a feast day. I like that. Because every day we celebrate the resurrection. Every Sunday we celebrate the resurrection. It's not once a year. It's every single Sunday. And he calls the people. And he says, this is a sacred day before the Lord. Don't be dejected and sad. For the joy of the Lord is your... All right. So here it is. Seven words. I want you to drink from these streams during these 40 days. Repent. Reflect. Remove. What's in your way? Get up, get, be prepared. Rely like you never have before and rest in God and let go. Let go. Whatever's causing you to hang on, God wants you to let go and end up in a time of rejoicing. So what we're going to do right now, and I'm going to ask our worship team to come back, because in your book, you'll find this paper right here. Do you see it? It's stuck in there. In your little devotion, you've got a devotional book here that you, every day you have something you can read. It'll be very encouraging. You also have praying through Lent every day. There's something to help you pray every single day. And we can all be praying together. So that'll be good. But this is one of those, I want us right now to reflect on maybe the things that God is, is wanting to do in our lives. Something maybe we need to release. Something maybe that's in our way. Something you want to see happen during these 40 days, I want you to write it on this piece of paper. Nobody's going to see it. Nobody's going to see it, but I want you to write it on there. And when you come forward later for communion, you're going to drop this in what we call our burn bucket. Nobody's going to see it, and we're going to burn these tonight. And they're going to go in this jar right here. This is our ashes. This is last year. Some of your ashes are in here from last year, March 2nd. Do you remember it? And you wrote on your paper. And then we put it in this jar, and then this jar will go in the prayer room. It'll sit in there all year. And anybody goes in there, will see this. And some people, I have people go, what is that? These are the ashes, and they remind us of, of what we're believing God to do and what our expectation is. So I'm wanting you just to take a moment right now and I want to read to you this scripture for you as you're thinking. Get out your pens. I want you to pray about what you're going to write on that paper today. Because we want to start with repent. And David writes the beautiful psalm. And I just want you to hear it. Just hear it. 
and let it position your heart. I need to read this every once in a while. I don't know about you. This is after Nathan came and accused David of his sin. And he wrote this. And this is a song we're going to consider as we reflect. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your loving kindness, according to the multitude of your tender mercies, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. Against you and you only have I sinned. I have done this evil in your sight that you may be found just when you speak and blameless when you judge. Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity and in sin my mother conceived me Behold, you desire truth in the inward parts, and in the hidden part, you will make me to know wisdom. Purge me. Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Make me to bear, here it is, see? This is the result. Make me to hear joy and gladness that the bones which you have broken may rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and blot out all of my iniquities. And this is the song we will consider as we reflect. Make this your prayer. Create in me a clean heart, O God. And renew a steadfast spirit within me. Don't cast me away from your presence. And do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore. Restore to me the joy of your salvation. And uphold me with your generous spirit. Then I will teach transgressors your ways. And sinners shall be converted to you. I'm looking. I want that in my life in these 40 days. So as they play, just take a moment. Take your time. Decide, what are you going to write on that paper? Ask God, what is it? Is it something you need to repent from? Is it something you need to remove in your life? Something you need to release? It's just between you and the Lord something about writing it down. I don't know what it is, but something about it. And then in faith, you're going to throw it in the burn bucket. And we're going to give it to God tonight. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Fathers, we prepare our hearts to come to the table It is the table of pardon. It's what many in the Old Testament dreamed about. And we get to live it. We're living under the new covenant of grace and mercy. Lord, this is the most incredible thing that's ever happened to us. And Lord, I pray during this season that we would live worthy of the sacrifice that's been made for us. Thank you we sang about tonight. Thank you. Thank you. You are worthy. 
you are worthy. And we offer our lives to you as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to you. Lord, don't let us be conformed to this world, but let us be transformed by the renewing of our minds that we might know the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. That is possible because of the sacrifice that you have made for us. And so we come to this table, we receive this cup and bread, and we worship you. We declare you are worthy. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. Lord, I so want to live worthy of what you have done for me. And I pray for all my friends that as we take this journey together, I expect you to speak to us. I expect you to turn our hearts, to refocus us. I expect you, Lord, to breathe life into us. We confess today with all our brothers and sisters around the globe, we are dust. But you have breathed life into this dust. And so even though we will return that way, we will live forever. But we are reminded of the briefity of this journey. And we won't want to waste it. We want to live it to your glory. Would you help us during this season just to remember all the things we need to do? Lord, would you help us to, as we take this cup and bread? We want to repent. You spoke to us individually. We want to reflect and hear your voice during this season. We want to write it down. Lord, we want to remove every obstacle. And Lord, some of us will be denying ourselves of things, to, not just for the act of denial, but to, to hear your voice. And Lord, in that, we will come to a new place of reliance. And there we will find rest. And we will release everything into your care. Everything. And we will rejoice. What a glorious, glorious journey you have prepared for us in these weeks ahead. We can't help but start here, right here, where it all began at this table. Thank you for your precious gift. In Jesus' name, amen. Our last slide says it all, right? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That's the spirit that we, if, you, if you're trying to do this in your own strength, you're wasting your time. You waste your time. No, this is going to be something God's going to do in us. Brother Ray's going to come and dismiss us. I love this brother. The journey begins. 40 days from now, our destination is Resurrection Sunday. When we hit our destination, you will experience a blast of joy and of fresh air, just like you'd set down on the mountaintop. On the journey, you will experience possibly some acrid air, possibly some dry times, possibly winds that will blow, might get some dust in your eye. But God is going to show you something. Now, the second thing about that is, is you will see and experience things that I will not even though it's the same journey. I will see and experience things that you will not. But here's the beauty. We can share with one another that that God 
is showing us and that that we see on this journey. That's the beauty. It is individual, but it's corporate. It's for all of us. Amen? Okay. Join in with me. Agree with me. Father, we give you thanks. And Lord, there are many things that you want to speak to us. There are things that you want to show us in your love and in your grace. And thank you, Lord, that you've called us not only to step away and let go, as Pastor said, but to embrace and, in, and inhale all that you have for us. We trust you for that. I bless your people. Lord, I ask you to speak to them, be with them, let them know your presence. Let this 40 days be one of the most unique seasons that we've ever had. Lord, regardless of what's going on around us, that, Lord, we would know you in ways we've never known. I trust you for that. Bless your people in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Bless you all.